0: This month we are going to be doing things a little bit differently as we are in pursuit of the heart of God. We want to see Him for who He truly is, acknowledge that, and then make sure that our life falls in line with Him. And I really think that the key behind everything that we're going to do this month is for us to get a a clear picture of who God is, of, of what He has done in our lives, of what He has done in His life, and then how our lives begin to measure up to that. And the main reason that we're pursuing this through the month of November is that our church is on the, the brink of some big things happening beginning in January. And we're about to, to pursue some things completely different. And the whole idea of this pursuit is that we believe it is from the heart of God. And I want to make sure that all of us are are stepping back, seeing who God is, seeing what it is that he wants to do, and that we begin to allow our lives to be on page with him. And, And so that we're not fighting against him. We're not trying to push back when God is trying to do something different, but yet our hearts are unified. And that we have come together around his kingdom and his glory. And we want his name and renown to be spread all over this world. And by doing that, our hearts are aligned with his heart. And that we have the big picture in mind. And that's the heart behind this entire series as we walk through Colossians chapter 3 together. And we talk about what does it look like to truly be renewed? right? Because we need to be renewed, brought back to a newness, realizing that some things have begun to happen in our life, and whether we realize it or not, that we're no longer who we used to be. Our our eyes have kind of come off of Christ from time to time, and we begin to allow other things to happen. Um, let, Let me see if I can describe it to you this way. I get the privilege of parking outside at our house. Right? And it is a privilege. My wife gets to park inside the garage. I get to park outside. And that's a great thing until you get to this season that we are currently in. Right? Because fall is one of those things that I love it. It's beautiful. It's one of the greatest things ever. But everything that falls seems to fall on my car. Right? And it's my truck that has everything on top of it. But here's what I do, because there's a little bit of laziness inside of me, I get in my truck, and for the nine-tenths of a mile from my house to this church, I drive as fast as I can drive. And my hope is that every leaf and every piece of pine straw and everything that is gathered on my truck will somehow just blow off in the wind. And that when I come to church and I pull in my parking lot, and into this parking lot and grab a spot, that everything on my car is just perfect and everything is back to normal. But here's what I found. It's usually not. It's usually not unless I step out and begin to clean it off and do some things to really work at making my truck look new and keeping it in that condition. And the reality for all of us is I think we go through life and we go through our walk with Christ and when things begin to kind of dilute it and things begin to fall on top of us and this world begins to shape us into its form, what we do is we just say, well, I'll add one more Sunday at church. I'll do one more thing. I'll go as fast as I can and hopefully these things will blow off and hopefully everything will be fine. But it's really the opposite of pace that allows us to get in tune with God. It's actually us stopping, breaking routine, getting out of the norm, doing something different that allows us to pursue the heart of God and to stop and to align ourselves with him. Because I think most of us work to get God aligned with what we want to see happen, Rather than us stopping and saying, God, what is it that you want to see happen? And how do I get my heart and my life aligned with that? Because ultimately, I want, Father, what you want. Your desires to be my desires. And as we walk through Colossians 3 together over these next four weeks, that's my desire as a church. It's my desire for me personally, is that I would fall more in love with God that I would fall more in love with him and his plan and his purpose for my life, that that I would allow this season of time to align myself with him and allow those things that need to be corrected in my own life to be corrected and taken care of. And I would pray that same thing for you, that on a personal level, That throughout this season of renewal before him, that God would speak to you, that he would point out some things in your life that need to be corrected, that need to be changed, and that you would be open to hearing from the truth of God's word. And then collectively, as a body of Christ, I would pray that we would take our eyes off of our own kingdom and that we would put our eyes on his kingdom. Because there's so many times, church, we get in the way of what it is that God wants to do. And my prayers, as we walk through this together over the next month is that we would step back and say, God, what's the big picture? What's the big desire? What is it that you want to see happen? Because Father, here's the deal. I don't want to fight that. I want to actually be a part of that. I want to help accomplish your will and your purpose in our church. And Father, I want to see that take place. That's my heart as we walk through this together. Let's open this up in Colossians chapter 3, beginning in the first four verses from what Paul's going to tell us here. Paul says this, he says, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word this morning. And Father, I pray that as we meditate on it, as we walk through this passage and think through this passage together, God, that today you would begin to stir inside of us that desire God, that desire to align our personal hearts with you and that the things in our life would fall in line with who you are and what you're doing. And God, that we would be excited about the direction that you're taking your church. And Father, that we would come alongside of that and we would get the big picture of the kingdom. And God, that we would be fully surrendered to you each step of the way. So Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. We ask it in your precious name, amen. You know, there's a few things that as Paul's writing this to the church here in Colossae, what he's telling them originally in the first two chapters is who they are in Christ. He's telling them now because of Christ and what he has done, this now is who you are. You, You are in him. And so now that you are in him, then he transitions to chapter three and he says, you need to be thinking like he thinks right? You, you need to realize that your life is now hidden in Christ. And because you've been hidden in him, his thoughts become your thoughts. His ways become your ways. His life becomes your life. That's really what this is all about. He's going, listen, you need to be in pursuit of the heart of God more than anything else. And that's what I really want us to do as a church is I want us to pursue the heart of God. And the way that we're going to get there is we follow what we see right here in this passage. The first thing is simply this. It starts with clarity. It starts with clarity, understanding exactly what it is that God has done, discovering his purpose, discovering his plan, knowing who he is and knowing what it is that he's asking us to do. Look again at verse one. What is it that Paul says? He says, therefore... The, the NIV, I love it, it says, since you have been, right? Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. In order to pursue the heart of God, we need clarity to understand who he is, to understand what he's done. What Paul is telling us here in Colossians 3 as he opens up this verse is that, that Jesus came right? He lived this perfect life. He ultimately died a perfect death, and when he completed his purpose, he sat down at the right hand of God the Father. He's done. He did everything that God was calling him to do, everything that God was asking him to do. Over in Hebrews chapter 10, it tells us exactly that. It says that priests repeatedly have to go before and offer sacrifices. They would offer sacrifices. They would offer sacrifices but it says the great high priest, speaking of Jesus himself, that he went and he offered his sacrifice once for all. And upon completion of that, he sat down at the right hand of God. Here's what we know. We know that Jesus accomplished his purpose because as soon as he was done, he sat down. That's the only time you get to sit down is when you're done doing everything right? When you're done doing the work, you've done everything you were called to do and everything you were supposed to do, and you have finished it, it's completed, then you may sit down at the right hand of God the Father. And so Paul says, listen, if we're in pursuit of God's heart, we've got to understand something. We've got to understand that Jesus perfectly lived out the life that God desired for him. And if we're going to be followers of his as well, that means that we need to be pursuing the life that he has for us. And the things that we saw in Christ need to be true of us. And so our minds need to be focused on the things that he did And going back and looking over the life of Christ. You know, over the next 21 days, we as a church are, are coming together for a purpose and a plan. It's a purpose to pursue the heart of God. And the way that we're doing that is through 21 days of prayer and fasting. And uh, I don't know if you guys got a copy of this last week on your way out. If you didn't, that's fine. Uh, You can grab one today. And you can begin to kind of skim through the beginning of it that's going to kind of help you set up on what it looks like to truly fast and to pray and pursue the heart of God. And what I'm asking is for all of us together over the next 21 days is to really pursue God's heart and hear from him because the only way that we're going to do that, the only way we're going to get clarity is if we pull back and we stop and we're going, God, what is it you want? What is it you have in store? Now, I don't know about you. I don't know how many of you have ever spent dedicated time in prayer and fasting right? It's typically not something in the Baptist world that we do a lot of. We do a lot of dinner on the grounds. We do a lot of fellowship, a lot of parties, right? It's that time of year, Thanksgiving, Christmas. We like to eat. And so for a lot of us in this world, if you grew up here or, you know, if you've been around it, your, your thought is going, I don't understand why in the world you want us to fast. I don't understand why in the world you want us to stop something. Well, the reality is that all of us get dependent on certain things, And what we want to be dependent upon is the Spirit of God, not any of those other things. And so what we're going to do over the next 21 days is we're going to fast from something. We're going to pull back and stop doing something. For some of you, that might be food. It may be one specific meal throughout the day. It may be uh, a specific item. You may say, I'm not eating meat anymore. I don't know why you do that. But you might say, hey, I'm not eating meat anymore for the next 21 days. Or perhaps you're like me, you're addicted to caffeine and you're saying, hey, for the next 21 days, I'm going to step away from caffeine. And I'm not going to drink anything, with, whether it's coffee or whether it's Coke or any of these other things. And I'm going to be reminded every time I would go for that drink of caffeine that, you know what, it's not about what I'm giving up, it's what I replace it with. And it reminds me to come back into his presence and to be on my face before him in prayer, to be deeper in his word, to be pursuing his heart because I want him more than anything else. And as we do this, let me tell you, it's going to be hard. It really is. It's meant to be a little bit difficult because you need to step back and realize that I'm completely dependent upon him. I remember the first time I ever really fasted and prayed. Bryce Norton was on staff with us and he was our executive pastor and he told me, hey, next Tuesday, I want you to block the day off for a prayer and a fast. And I said, a what? And he said, a prayer and a fast. Just just block it off. It's going to be awesome. And I'm like, great, we'll block it off. And so I blocked it off. And at 6.30 that morning, he picked me up here at the church. And we went to a monastery that was over in like Marietta. And we got to this monastery. And it's, you know, like 7.15 at this time. And he goes, awesome, great, no food, only the word of God. I'll see you at noon. And then Bryce took off and went into the woods. And I'm sitting there going, what? I was like, it's 7.15. I'll see you at noon. All right, great. And so I found a chair in in this monastery, and I sat down in the chair, and I sat there, and I was like, all right, here we go, God, me and you, right? Apparently for the next four and a half hours, right? This is going to be the two of us. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. What do I do? Let's read. Let's read, right? We'll grab the Word of God. We'll read. I promise you I felt like I read the entire New Testament and sitting there, right? I looked at the clock. It was 740. And I'm like, I still have four hours until I'm going to see another person, another human being. I don't know if you know me. I am a high eye. I. I am always around people. People fuel me. I hate being alone. And I'm stuck in a monastery of all places. And I'm like, huh? Oh, chant. I'm going to do something because I'm freaking out by this. So I tried to pray. I couldn't pray. I was too distracted. I tried to read. I couldn't read. I was too distracted. It was just one of those things that over time, it just kept going, click, 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 click. By the grace of God, 12 o'clock came. And I probably had not accomplished 10 minutes of truly being with God in any way, shape, or form. And Bryce and I got back together and Bryce is just as happy as could be. And he's just, man, what did God say? What did he reveal? And I'm like, God told me I hate you. And I do, because this is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. And he let me, he said, what? And I said, Bryce, I, I needed four hours to get quiet. I said, man, it's been so long since I've gotten alone with God like this. It's been so long since I've done anything like this. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. And he said, awesome, let me pray for you. And he prayed for me. He said, I'll see you at four. And he took back off into the woods. And I went back and and by God's grace and mercy, the next four hours were a whole lot better than the first four But here's what I'm telling you, as we get alone with him and get in pursuit of him over the next 21 days and walk through this, it's going to be tough, but don't give up. Don't give up. Because at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're trying to wrestle out all of these things that have gotten in, right? All these things that have become just the new norm for you and the distractions and the things that are there, all of that has to get weeded out. It didn't happen overnight and it's not going to be gone overnight. Don't give up because I'm telling you when you cling to him and when you lean into him and you're going father here's what I want from you I want a clear picture of who you are and I want you to reveal that to me as we walk through this over the next 21 days guys we need to have clarity and clarity leads to the second thing which is consistency right it's the clarity it's getting the picture of who God is it's getting the magnitude of who he is. It's getting the awesomeness of who he is and just basking in that and going, God, you're amazing. You're everything to me and I am so madly in love with you. Thank you for revealing this to me. Paul goes on in chapter, or verse two to tell us this. He says, set your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So here's what he's saying. He's saying this. When we get the clear picture of who God is and what God is doing and how he is at work and our heart begins to get in tune with that, the second thing that we begin to get a clear picture of is our own lives. And here's what we'll begin to acknowledge. The clearer picture I have of God, the clearer picture I have of myself as well. And here's what we're going to begin to see, church. I believe with all my heart because I've done it every time I go before God. Here's what I begin to see. I begin to see inconsistency in my life. I begin to see times that I look like him, but I begin to see a whole lot of times that I don't look like him. In my prayer over the next 21 days is that all of us, as God begins to reveal our own hearts, is that our heart and our longing would be to be consistent in our walk with him, in our drive with him. And let me tell you why, because Paul said it right here at the end of that uh, verse there in chapter two, he says, because you are dead, And your life is now hidden in Christ with God. Now I want you to think about that for a second. When our earthly bodies pass away, right? When someone we know and love, when we die, that body gets hidden into the ground, That body has disappeared. It is no longer visible. We do not visibly see them walking around anymore. Paul said, here's what I want you to understand and try to wrap your mind around and begin to grasp. When you said yes to Jesus, when you stepped from death to life, when your self died on the cross and you accepted the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, here's what happened. Your life then went into the ground, basically. Your life went into Christ. You are now hidden in him with God, and the only thing visible from this point forward should be him. How well are we at doing that? How well are we doing with understanding that my life is completely hidden in Christ and that everything that I am and everything that I do is about him and his life? I'm living for His purpose. I'm not living for mine. You see, I really believe over the next 21 days that a lot of us are going to be facing a lot of conviction. A lot of hard conversations between ourselves and God, where He goes, "Listen, you're in pursuit of your kingdom. You're not in pursuit of mine. Your eyes, right now, they're looking at this Earth. That they're looking for things that you think are going to bring you joy and pleasure. But listen, all of those things are so temporary in the scheme of life. And here's what I'm wanting. I'm wanting you to be hidden in me and I'm wanting your life to be visible to all. John 17, when Jesus prayed his high priestly prayer, if you go back and and read over that over this next couple of weeks as we're studying this and just kind of walking through Colossians, here's what you begin to see. Jesus' heart is that, God, that everybody would be one, Father, as you and I are one. God, that those who follow me, those that you have given me, that there would be such a unity, that there would be such a bond of unity amongst these people, that it would be the exact same thing, Father, as the unity that you and I have with each other. And God, it's through the unity of the two of us that this world will know that you sent me. It's through this unity that the world will believe that I am the Christ. That I am the Messiah, that I am the one who has come to relieve them from sin and to place them into true, eternal life. But here's the problem, church. An outside world that's looking at the church today is not being drawn to Jesus by his unity. The outside world that's looking at the church today is going, if that's one who claims to follow Jesus, then I don't know if I want to follow him or not. You know why? Because we're selfish. Because we're focused on what we want. We're out to get ours. And we don't care about anybody else. Well, can I tell you something? That's not how the one we claim to follow lived his life. He was always about other people. He was always about his father's business. He was always about his dad's kingdom. And my prayer over the next 21 days is that we will be too because we've got a clear picture of who he is and we've got a, a clear picture of who we are and we know, God, I'm not consistently doing this, but it's my heart and my drive to want this more than anything else. Through your strength, through your power, through your spirit, Father, give me a consistency in this life like no other. See, clarity leads to consistency, and it's consistency that leads to contentment. And that's ultimately the goal of what we want to see is that we would live this life fully content because of who He is and because of what He's done. Paul closes out this first opening section here of Colossians 3 by saying, When Christ, who is our life, we're hidden in Him, we're dead to ourselves, it's all about Him, is revealed then you also will be revealed with him in glory. He said, listen, Jesus lived this life of obscurity. Everything that he did was putting others first. Everything he did was about his father's business. It wasn't about him. It was always about somebody else. And listen, the only way that you will live a truly content life is for you to follow his example. Because listen to me, if you're here this morning and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you were never formed for this world. You were formed for the next. And so one day when he is revealed, when he comes again, then guess what? That's when your life is going to be seen. That's when you're going to understand. That's when you're going to be fully surrendered and excited about what it is that God has in store. Church, we got big things happening in January. Big things. We're, we're coming together in one service, and that service is going to happen at 9.30 on Sunday mornings. And then following that service, we're going to go into life groups together at 10.45 and in, in my prayer and my vision as I've seen what God's going to do is this, is that we can truly be the body of Christ and that we can minister to each other and walk with each other and do life together on a cross-generational way. But here's the thoughts that are going through your mind. What's it going to look like? Jay, do you know how hard it is for me to get up and be here at 11 and you want me to be here at 9.30? I don't like a choir. Why would we have a choir? Why do I want to be with somebody else? Why do these things need to happen? Listen to me, church. Here's what happens. We ask a lot of I questions when we're focused on our kingdom. We ask a lot of we questions when we're focused on his. The only way this works come January, is for us to get our eyes off of ourselves, our personal preferences, the things that we want, and to get our eyes on a king who did everything perfectly and sat down at the right hand of the Father and say, Father, what you want is what I want. And my goal is for us as a church to have the most kingdom impact that we could possibly have. But it's not going to happen if we're looking at ourselves. It's only going to happen if we're looking at him. My prayer is that God begins that today and continues it for the next 21 as we're pursuing his heart. And that we come out of the month of November on fire for what he's going to do come the first of the year. Will you stand to your feet and let's pray together this morning. You know, the reality is this series is called Renewal. And the only way that you can be renewed is if you've ever been made new in the first place. You see, you can't be renewed if you've not been made new. And here's my thought this morning as I look across this crowd is, would there be anyone here today who would simply say, I've been doing life my own way? I've been living for me. I've been living for my joy. I've been living for my pleasure. And I've never stopped and realized the one who gave his life for me. Listen to me this morning. Jesus Christ came. He lived a perfect life. He died the perfect death that none of us could have ever died. All of us deserve to die. But three days later was raised from the dead and sat down at the right seat of the the Father. Because of his sacrifice, we can have life. Do you have that life? As we sing here in just a moment, listen to me. I don't care if you're in the balcony. I don't care if you're on the floor. Step out if you need to be made new today. Walk to the back, grab one of our volunteers and just say, I need to be made new today, today. Maybe you've been made new, but if we're honest, there's a lot of junk on the hood of your car. A lot of stuff that's come into your life and stuff that you hope would just kind of fall by the wayside or would blow off. But the fact of the matter is, it's not going to do that. Not until you physically step out and do something about it. That's what I want the next 21 days to be. A total pursuit of his heart, not ours. So that he would be honored and glorified in each one of our lives. As we sing today, would you just renew your heart back to him and say, Father, that's what I'm longing for. That's what I want you to do in my life, Lord. Make me brand new again. Father, have your way in this time. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing again.